You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is our Wednesday stock up, stock down. Matt and I taking our temperature around the league, players, coaches, teams, who's uh, stock, whose stock are we buying right now? Whose stock are we selling around the league? Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter. Matt, the Scout Williamson at Williamson NFL. And uh, I want to kick this one off, Matt. We had, we had talked about this idea of which teams in the NFL can actually play defense. And I think this is an interesting discussion that we should begin with. Because just on the surface, anecdotally, I'm looking around the league and I'm thinking, okay, the only good teams in the NFL are the ones that are playing defense right now. And the Chicago Bears are the ones that sparked this thing. And so uh, I think we can have a discussion on which teams we think have good defenses and then what those records are for those teams. And maybe there there is an argument on who, and I was thinking there'd be you know four or five teams that have good defenses, but looking at some statistics, maybe there's a few more teams we can add to the list and maybe argue about a little bit. Yeah, I think it will be an interesting discussion. And this originally came about, you know, we were talking about Chicago and a couple of these teams and I, I think I said something along the lines of, I think there's about five real, you know, truly good defenses. And then it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, if you add up all their records, they're pretty darn good. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of losses amongst those teams. And I think we have to preface this by saying this is all relative. You know, I mean, compared to the rest of the league, we know points are up dramatically. We know holding calls are down. We know defensive pass interference calls are up. We know that there's a wealth of unbelievable wide receivers and weapons in the league now and the schemers across the league, the offensive play designers, I think are better than ever. So my point is it's harder to be great at defense now than ever. Which means if you are playing good defense, that separates you even more because that defense is going to be even more valuable than ever if more points are being scored than ever, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's safe to say that if you're one of these select defenses that are really hard to play against. And again, I am glad we're going to bring up, break them down. There might be even more than I thought, but I do think there's two defenses that I would put as a tier one group. Okay. Which defenses are those? The Bucks and the Steelers. I just think every week they're going to be really difficult to play against. They punish quarterbacks They stop the run. They're fast. They're an aggressive scheme. They're well coached. There's a lot of early picks on both sides of the ball. Steelers pass rush in particular is crazy good right now. Uh, I'd be shocked if I get any arguments that they're the top two defenses in the league right now. Nope, they're in. They're definitely in this group of teams that we consider being uh, great defenses currently in the NFL. Absolutely. So, When you look a little bit deeper, looking at defensive DVOA, looking at points allowed and some other things, there's a couple of outliers that have surprised me. Um, But the team that sparked this whole conversation, the Chicago Bears, they're 5-1 right now for a reason, and I think it's because of their defense, and I would have to include them in this list. Would you? 
Me too. Like if, if we were tiering these, I would have the Bucks and Steelers in tier one, and I would have the Bears and Ravens in tier two. And then I think you start to have to make some cases for some teams. And and I really like what the Bears are doing. Um, I, I wanted to mention the Bucks linebackers. Levante David is kind of a defensive player of the year type guy right now. And uh, Devin White next to him is really coming into his own. And why I say that is because I think Roquan Smith is really coming into his own. Devin Bush was starting to come into his own and now is going to be out for the year. So some of these high pedigree, early pick, you know, super athletic stud linebackers, I think, are stepping up in a way, big way. We know Hakeem, you know, Hakeem Hicks to me is a crucial component of this Bears defense that was missed a lot last year. Maybe one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. We know Mac is there. It's a good scheme. The Bears are very, very real for me. Among the best defenses in the league, according to DVOA, here's the top 11 teams. We've got the Bucks, Steelers, Colts, Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, and here's a couple that really shocked me. Washington Football Club, mm-hmm. then New Orleans, then the Arizona Cardinals, which is one I wasn't thinking about, but looking at everything, we might have to consider Kansas City Chiefs, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, then I think it drops off. The 49ers, the team that when they are healthy and even banged up playing some pretty solid defense, I think has to be included in the list of better defenses around the league. And they're without Sherman and Bosa right now and still still playing pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think San Francisco and New England are, are two to mention because when you look at 2019, I thought tier one defenses were the Pats, the Niners, and the Steelers. And I think the Patriots and Niners could get back to maybe a tier two. I don't know that either can be a tier one at this point because Bosa's out for the year. The Pats don't rush the quarterback super great. Scheme is great for New England, and I think that'll help, obviously. And I know Kinlaw is a good player, but Buckner has really boosted the Colts, who I'm sure we're going to get to, um, and is missed. I mean, it, it just that that front for the Niners was so good last year, and it's not going to be as good this year. Absolutely. So what other teams do we want to consider here as as the best defenses around the league? The Arizona Cardinals making their case right now, and they're top eight in DVOA defensively. They are number two in the NFL in points allowed. Right now, uh, 18.7. Baltimore is number one. They've allowed 17.3 points per game. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals are second with 18.7. Then it's Pittsburgh-Miami, which is another interesting one. And so Arizona Cardinals, do you put them in the list of teams right now that this this is a good NFL defense for the Arizona Cardinals? No. (laughs) They just don't pass the eyeball test for me. Chandler Jones is now out for the year, too. They have some guys, you know, Buda Baker, and um, they've drafted some guys, but even Simmons isn't even really seeing the field for them. Um, I, I think they've done well. It's a good story. The stats don't lie. You've allowed the second fewest points per game. That is obviously an impressive feat. But I think in the end, they're an average NFL defense, which is better than they've been. I look at what they did to the Cowboys, and it's we're going to have to see what the Cowboys do going forward. Was this going to be the outlier game where it's like, man, the Cardinals did a number on the Cowboys because the Cowboys have too many weapons, even with Andy Dalton in there. Are the Cowboys falling apart? 
which might be the case, or did the Cardinals play really good defense? And so uh, I'm going to put them in the wait-and-see category, but I, I, okay. I'm i kind of leaning toward maybe putting the Cardinals in there with what I've seen and in, in, in how they played on the defensive side of the ball. It's really impressed me this year, and I think it's really important for what their record looks like, even though Kyler Murray gets all the credit and Cliff Kingsbury and that offense. By the way, to, to derail this conversation for a minute, actually, you know, let's tease this for later because there are some news coming out of Dallas where it might be evidence that things are derailing hard for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. So I'll, I'll just say that for right now. And then uh, there's a couple other teams I want to ask you about here for defenses we're considering. The Colts are in for you, right? Yeah. Like when we did this yesterday, I just had my little scratch sheet next to me and I wrote down. Pittsburgh, Chicago, T-Bay, Baltimore. We even touched on Baltimore. Baltimore's a great defense. They're all in for me. They're they're the top two tiers. Um, again, I like the Bucks and the Steelers a little more than Chicago and Baltimore, but I don't think I'm going to get any argument that those are four of the best defenses in the league. And then I put Indy, question mark, Rams, question mark. And the Rams case isn't that great, but this was just kind of off the top of my head. Is it a above-average strong D I think it can be. I mean, they have two studs. Um, the Colts, I certainly lean towards yes, but their schedule of teams they've played isn't that daunting. I mentioned Buckner. I think he's been tremendous for them. They're somewhat of a vanilla, keep it simple defense, but they haven't had Leonard all year either. I think they're a very good defense that won't be a top tier one either. I would put them in, yeah, so like above average, but I want just a tick more than above average, and that's kind of mm-hmm. where I would put a lot of these defenses right now in the wait-and-see category. Having your head above water when it comes to defense right now in the NFL I think is okay when you have an offense that can put up some points, and, and I think we're seeing why some of these teams like Cardinals and Rams have really good records right now. All right, let's tabulate our findings with the teams that are good on defense and how that correlates in wins and losses, which is becoming pretty clear what that answer will be stock up stock down around the NFL and what's going on at the star in Dallas, man, the dark horse here in the NFC East is Washington because they can play a little bit of defense. And uh, I don't know if they're one of the top five or six defenses in the league necessarily like they are in DVOA, but that's a team to watch. And uh, I like how they're playing defense right now, but they're the one team that bucks the trend as far as DVOA and what their record looks like the Denver Broncos as well, but we know how banged up they've been. Yeah, yeah, I was going to lump the Broncos and Redskins, or I always call them, sorry, the, the football team in, in their own category, losing teams, playing well, probably a better defense than I give them credit for. The offense doesn't help them at all in terms of field position or, you know, putting them in favorable situations. I'm sure they're on the field too much, Denver and Washington, because the offense doesn't sustain drives. Denver, I think, is really well coached on that side of the ball. And I think Washington's strengths are obvious is their D-line is going to be one of the best in the league for years to come. So essentially what we're saying here, and when you look at the records of all these teams we're talking about, if you're playing good defense in the NFL right now, you're a pretty good football team and you're in great shape to make a run. And the Chicago Bears, I think, are the most perfect example of that in the NFL, currently leading the NFC North for a reason. All right, which which teams do we want to calculate here? And let's just look at the records of the teams, Matt, that we think are the good defenses in the NFL. There's one more I want to throw out, and that's the Saints coming off their bye. I thought this could be a top five type defense. I My hunch is they start to get it right. They're eighth in DVOA. A lot of penalties on that side of the ball, but I think they're going to be a, 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 a real strong one. And I think the Saints are ready to show the world that they're a powerhouse type team again. 
I'm still buying on the Saints, and they're yeah. my preseason pick for a reason. Uh, that NFC South is going to be fun. Tampa and New Orleans going down to the wire, I have a feeling, and their second meeting yeah. is going to be quite a good one. So I'm definitely with you on that. So uh, okay. which which teams do you want to calculate? And let's, ca- let's, let's tabulate these records for the, the good defenses in the NFL, according to Peacock and Williamson. Okay, these are – Tier 1 to me is Tampa and Pittsburgh. Tier 2 is Chicago and Baltimore. I would say the Colts are in tier three. That might be all I can give you. And I, I'm going to put New Orleans in there, but that's a little bit of a leap of faith on what I thought for before the season. So that's six teams. You got six teams, and then you've got a handful of teams maybe that are in a tier of, let's see if they can get back into that tier. Uh, San Francisco, New England, maybe yeah. the Rams, maybe the Cardinals. Um Rams and Chargers are similar Chargers, to me in that yeah. they have star power, but they don't have depth. What about the way Miami is playing? Only the fourth, the fourth fewest points allowed right now in the NFL. I know. I, I, I didn't mean to brush them off because that number stands out. But they're almost like the Cardinals to me. Like If they can get to the point where they play 16 games and we say, that's an average defense, you know, 12th through 18th and trending in the right direction, maybe 12th through 15th, you know, in that neighborhood, and trending in the right direction, I think that's a win for Arizona and Miami, and they'll add something else this offseason, you know what I mean? And Simmons will get better, and Miami will grab a free agent again. You know, like, I I don't think they can be in this conversation of really good defenses this year, but they could next year, and they could be trending that way this year. Bucks, Steelers, Bears, Ravens, Colts, New Orleans Saints. Those are the teams that you believe fully in their defenses this season. They are a combined 26 and 7. And even when you consider all the other teams uh, in the league that are on the cusp of that, thinking that maybe it's more important this year than ever because of what we mentioned earlier about what offenses are doing right now. And uh, I feel great about the chances of all those teams. And that's why I'm a believer. And my first stock up leading into our Wednesday stock up stock down is absolutely the Chicago Bears. I talked about how maybe there's some regression there and there might be, but this is a playoff team because they can play defense. Give me the Chicago Bears. I'm in stock up. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I've been hard on them. I have my doubts if they're a contender. I don't like the quarterback situation. Five and one's five and one, and they play a lot of close games, and they're really hard to play against. And uh, I mean, I can't argue that anymore. They're definitely going to the playoffs. At this point, they'd have to collapse so hard to not go to the playoffs in the new format with another extra team going there, right? Right. I mean, they go five hundred. They're ten and six. I mean, that doesn't seem all that far fetched. They could probably go under five hundred. It'd be a nine win team and end up in the playoffs. That's pretty amazing. Amazing development right now going on in the NFC North with those Chicago Bears. What do you got with the stock up, stock down this week, Matt? Two guys that I don't love, but it's kind of a fantasy nugget. I think Daryl Henderson and Ronald Jones are now the lead backs for the Rams and the Bucks, And they're different, but they're both pretty explosive in a straight line. They're not big bruisers. Jones isn't much of a receiver. But they both run hard, and they've had a lot of competition for touches at the running back spot this year. And I think that they both have kind of emerged as a stock-up type guy. I like it. 
I'm buying that. I've been impressed with Ronald Jones, and it's amazing they've stuck with him. I thought he was a player that they would even dump in the offseason because yeah. of, of how his career had started. And now all of a sudden, uh, he's a, like mark him down for 100 yards per week rushing. It's, it's pretty amazing to see the, the change in his career. And it just goes to show you can't write people off too soon. Ronald Jones, absolutely one of those. Yeah, I agree. This one's too easy, but it sort of ties into some news of the day that I, I wanted to get to. The Dallas Cowboys are obviously a stock down, I think, for anybody, Ooh. even Dallas Cowboys fans that might have been optimistic post-DAC for, uh, for at least one week. This, according to Jane Slater, who covers the Cowboys very closely, Cowboys players initially bought into keeping things internal. Now, as they sit two and four, the discontent is leaking out. Here are some quotes on the coaching staff. Quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another player, quote, they just aren't good at their jobs. That's not that's <laughs> that's not wow. good. That last one is like, wow, the people in charge of running this team aren't good at their jobs. Imagine being a player in that environment right now. That's why we saw what we saw, I think, uh, on Sunday or Monday night. I'm yeah. Excuse me. I know you're right. I mean, they look like a team that isn't prepared, that doesn't give great effort snap after snap doesn't adjust during the game. There's very little attention to detail. The players deserve some heat too, as do injuries. Offensive line and quarterback injuries have been crucial to this team. What, you know, the look like a massive strength on that side of the ball now is starting to crumble like the defense has already crumbled. You know, Elliott's fumbles and early game turnovers and putting them behind the eight ball. I'm not sure I blame coaches for that. But, I mean, I mentioned Mike Nolan before, the defensive coordinator. He got hired after being out of the league for a few years, and his defenses look confused. They blow coverages. Their effort is, well, not satisfactory. I'll leave it at that. And even Mike McCarthy, I mean, I think he has to deserve some blame. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk when he was out of the – before he – when he was getting released with the with Packers and on the hot seat, there was a lot of talk that his offenses became very predictable, very basic route concepts, not a lot of scheming things up, more relying on Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's. And then he gets cut or then he gets fired. And then he supposedly goes on this world tour of analytics and all that. And then I, I don't quote me on this and maybe you know this better than I do, but I think after he got hired, he kind of said something along the lines of, yeah, that was overblown. I didn't do as much of that as I really said. I'm like, oh, okay. You just kind of <laughs> lie on your resume? I mean, I is that he, what happened there? I you think know? he just took one Funny trip one. to Pro Football Focus headquarters right. and like yeah. listened to the guys for a minute. But I don't think a lot of that stuck. And uh, it's hard a for... a Pro Football Focus subscription. And, yeah, uh, it's know. hard for <laughs> Zebra to change his stripes. And I think we're seeing that right now. And uh, yeah. you, you have to imagine there, there's a major shakeup coming if that's what's going on right now. And uh, we talked about Angry Jerry and we were thinking, okay, well, maybe they're going to make a little move for a quarterback, try to, uh, they're still in first place. You can't blow it up, but that's, I mean, that sounds terrible. Like environmentally, like everything going, like you can't sustain. In every other division, they'd be, they'd be like, oh, we would be saying, okay, let's blow the, let's, let's, let's just, just, let's start over, come back next year with Dak and retool this whole thing. But they're in first place right now. So I don't, you can't do that. I have no idea what the Cowboys are going to do. I, I'm, no, right. I am, at a loss for for what I would do here if I was in charge. I have no idea. I bet Jerry is not going to give up the ship and is going to go down fighting. I mean, I think that's who he is, for better or worse, that he's going to 
mortgage the future if need be or make a coaching change. I don't think he's going to sit on his hands is my point. <sighs> Trading for Fitzpatrick, though, is odd to me. I mean, I think he's better than Dalton. But by the time he learns things, it's two. It's probably a month from now. I mean, if you trade for him tomorrow, it's probably three weeks, two weeks from now until he actually gets in games. And you know how much money that is in the quarterback position? You know, I mean, Fitz and Dalton make big money for backups, and Dak's on the franchise tag. Just as you were talking there, I thought, okay, what could they do today? How about this? You fire the defensive coordinator because the defense has been yeah. worse than the offense, much worse than the offense. Sends a message that happens soon. Sends a message throughout the organization. So you don't have to fire your head coach. You don't have to shake up the offense quite yet, but everyone sort of stands up at attention. Maybe you get better effort. Maybe things change with a different mindset on defense with the new coach. Maybe that's the move to try to get the ship righted in the short term, then you reevaluate in the offseason. I think that's smart. I mean, I, I don't know who the in-house defensive candidate would be, but at least that shows this is not acceptable. The defense is, you know, we were just talking about the good defenses in the league. I think Dallas and Jacksonville are the worst two defenses in the league. And it shows week after week and makes average offenses like Arizona look awesome. So at least do that. And maybe you at least get that Texans Falcons spark, you know, in the, in the building and, you know, show that you don't accept what's going on and go from there. You know, I mean, it's bad though. I mean, it's really bad. I, I, I think I said this yesterday, and I did a little homework on it, or maybe it was you that told me this, that you can get the Eagles now at plus 150 to win the NFC East. That's a great bet. Oh, yeah. I oh. would do that one-to-one. I mean, I'll give you the other three teams of division, give me the Eagles. If you're going to give me plus 150 on the Eagles, they're going to win this division. Hey, I don't know where Washington is, but I might you just like put them. a you couple like of dollars just because we mentioned they can play a little bit of defense. And I think mm-hmm. maybe we didn't even get, give them enough credit uh, in that conversation earlier about what they can do on the defensive side of the ball with their defensive line. If they can figure it out on offense a little bit, maybe it's Alex Smith. Like, what a comeback story would that be? I mean, it's worth just a flyer. And I imagine the numbers you can get there uh, are pretty great for betting wise. Just throw a couple bucks on Washington as a long shot. Just throwing it out there. Not that I think they will win that division, but it's not crazy. They're only a game out. I'll take the Eagles and you can have the other three. If you're that excited about Washington. (laughs) I excited is maybe a little strong. Okay. How about this? How about this? You fire Mike Nolan. You've got some pedigree head coaching pedigree on the roster. Jim Tom Sula. 40 Ooh. former 49ers head coach uh, and defensive line coach under Mike Nolan. This is a very 2005 49ers coaching staff right now in Dallas. Jim Tom Sula could be interim head coach or the assistant defensive line coach. How about Leon? Let give him the reins. Let him go. Bump him up. I like it. Is Rod Marinelli still there? No, Rod Marinelli is uh, yeah, Al, right Al Harris. I didn't realize this. Al Harris is the defensive backs coach. Hmm. I mean, I like your idea of making a change of defense coordinator. Start there, and hopefully you send a message. But, boy, these O-line injuries worry me a lot now, too. Absolutely. All right, let's keep this stock up, stock down going here, Matt. You know how much I love Built Bars. We've talked about them for a while on the show. And if you want the opportunity to buy a box of Built Bars for 20% off, well, I've got a deal for you, and they have a ton of new flavors of Built Bars as well to go along with their 12 original flavors. Bars are covered in delicious 100% real chocolate, not some brown colored sugary substance. This is legit 
chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Bars are low in calories, low sugar, high in protein, high fiber, even great for keto diets. You go with the new cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. One of my favorite flavors is the peanut butter, 19 grams of protein in that one, only 5 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. How often do you use excuses like, I had a rough day at work, or just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat with Roman. You can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash Locked on. I'm going to go to the running backs. We There were some two-minute warning questions that we didn't get to about John Taylor and Kenyon Drake and Swift. I'm wondering where you're at with some buy and sell here on, on running backs. The Kansas City Chiefs, we had talked about it, but the Kansas City Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell. We just saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire have a really good game last yeah. week. Do you sell high on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire right now, knowing what he just did, knowing what you could probably get in return thinking that Le'Veon Bell might take a big chunk of that backfield going forward? Yes, absolutely. Um, just from a football perspective, I think Alaire is a a good piece. I don't think he's a foundation back like a McCaffrey or a Kamara or a Cook or a guy like that. I think he's a really nice piece who will look good and is a good player, but I don't think he's a special player. I think his burst is good, not blow you away great. Um, he's not powerful. He's not a pile mover. So even before bell Henderson was basically their third down back because he's sturdy in protection. Bell's better than that. And he's a better receiver. And Edward Hilaire wasn't the goal line guy. You know, he was given chances, but he's not good at it. That's going to be bell. So I think bell's going to be Henderson plus 20% of what Edward Hilaire's workload is which means like for fantasy, you can still start him. He's probably a running back two week after week in a great offense. But if people think he's a running back one, I think they're mistaken. And it's what you can get in return, I think, is Mm -hmm. what makes me think I would be selling Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams, but if I did, I would be shopping him for sure. And I think you could get probably a pretty monster deal, which is why it would make sense to me. Is Drake in the same boat for you? Oh, I think, yeah. I mean, what we He's saw last week is, is my gosh, yeah. And in that offense, you never know who the player is. It's a different player every week that stands out on the Cardinals offense. So here's the other thing is every fantasy owner right now, and this is what you go through in fantasy football, 
everyone needs running backs. So you might not be in the position to trade someone like Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Kenyon Drake because unless you can get a big time running back back, but and that's hard to do right now. So that's what makes it more difficult. I like Drake. I'm not buying what we saw last week because, I mean, unless they're playing the Cowboys every week, you know what I mean? So adding and dropping players who are playing the Cowboys, I would take that rest of the season versus what Kenyon Drake's going to do. Yeah, and I kind of am going to lump Swift in there as well. Swift doesn't get to play the Jags every week. Drake doesn't get to play Dallas every week. They don't lay down in the fourth quarter and let you run a 60-yard touchdown in basically untouched in the fourth quarter that Drake was able to do. And my problem with Drake is he also isn't particularly powerful, and he's always been a part-time guy except for that short stint at the end of last year with the Cardinals. I mean, I'm talking about going back to Bama. I mean, he shared a backfield with Derrick Henry, I mean, in Miami. And he really is now. But they don't throw Drake the ball. I feel like it's Murray running the ball and Hopkins catching the ball. And then some weeks you get something else sprinkled in. And hope something else pops, basically. Yeah, right. I would like to shout out Jason Verrett. 49ers cornerback who's uh, grading out, according to PFF, one of the best corners in the league when in his coverage, a a pass rating of seven or something like that. I mean, it's just it's absurd to watch uh, what he's doing right now with all of the injuries. He's had a a knee injury uh, separate from his ACL. He's had Achilles. The way he's moving right now and the way he's marrying receivers and his textbook break on the ball that he was showing earlier in his career. And he's got such great eyes and instincts as a defensive back. I mean, the 49ers are so thankful they have Jason Verrett right now with what's going on with the injuries on their team. And it's amazing that the guys that are healthy on their football team right now and will start next week most likely are names like Jarek McKinnon and Jason Verrett who uh, have played three games in the last couple seasons combined, you know? Yeah, overcame some injuries. Pretty amazing. Uh, What else you got? Good one. Um, I've done an awful lot, as you can imagine, Steelers-Titans work this week. And I've always been a Tannehill fan, but I have a new respect for him. I think he's even playing better than last year. It's not super flashy. It's not 400-yard games. It's not Aaron Rodgers throws or Mahomes or Wilson playmaking. It's just steady and and really is a good player. You know, like, I'm not going to say that – He's an MVP candidate. I mean, Russell Wilson's the MVP, but I think he'd be the sixth or seventh pick. And for you know what I mean? Like, if you're ranking the MVP candidates right now, I, I think there's five or six that deserve it more than Tannehill. And I think that's not a light that people look at him at. They think he's a game manager and it's all Derrick Henry. It's not. I mean, he's a very good quarterback. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I want to stick with the defensive backs around the league. We talked about how good Tampa Bay's defense is, and uh, I've talked about Carlton Davis a lot, and I think he's stepping up as one of the best young corners in the league. But the other guys, too, Sean Murphy Bunting is playing pretty well, and Jamel Dean especially. Um, Looking at PFF coverage grades right now, Jamel Dean is second of 121 corners with a 90.7 coverage grade for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they're covering people. Got a great front seven. Uh, I'm buying on. I love what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. And, you know, there was some some changes, and it took them a while, I think, to hit the ground running and see exactly who this team is. I can't wait to see how that NFC South finishes. They're just covering people. And I think that was a big reason why they played so well against the Packers last week. So stock up for specifically the cornerbacks, the young corners on that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Yeah, and we mentioned them as a, possibly the best defense in the league. And I, I called out the linebackers, who I think are really, really good. Um, Vita Vea is out. I think that's noteworthy. 
But Todd Bowles puts a lot of stress on his defensive backs, especially his corners. Heavy blitz. You can only do that if you trust those guys in man coverage. And a lot of those names you just mentioned, I bet some people listening are like, who is that again? Right, like, yeah. You know, the names, they're a bunch, <laughs> you know of, I mean? a bunch of second-round guys, too. Yeah, that, there are a lot of day-two picks that they just keep throwing. And now Antoine Winfield you didn't mention. You always bring him up. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, all these day-two you know, defensive backs that – aren't you know super you know household names are really good <laughs> you're right it's gonna be a good secondary for a long time we're pretty much out of time here do you have any more that you want yeah. to throw out real quick uh nothing great i was kind of struggling with it this 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 week i i was going to call out baker mayfield and the jags but those are kind of too easy as i give robbie anderson and aj brown a, a thumbs up as mm. they're playing really really well but overall i don't have an extensive list this week a lot of guys on buys, too. Yeah, there's a lot of easy ones, too. You're like, oh, stock yeah. up on Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. uh, so no, no, I'm with Thought you on down that. on Dallas. Yeah, I mean, right. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, good stuff, Matt. Tomorrow, we've got Chris Raybon of the Action Network. He will be making his six-pack of best bets for Sunday's games. Matt and I will be making all of our picks on Friday right here. Peacock and Williamson.